This is Nuance Radio. He won't say it. <laughs> he's just showing me as a text, Siri. Okay. He's you, mad at he, me. He's not a real person. He's just mad so at me. Nuance Radio invites you to join the conversation that has come to be known as One Bloke Went to Mo. Welcome, welcome. This is One Bloke Went to Mo. Uh, we are recording this a little bit earlier. Uh, with me is Victoria. Victoria, how are you? I am hanging in there right now. I, know, I think we're both hanging in there. <laughs> i tell you what, these... Theater rehearsals are killing me. Well, they're not really killing me, but, you know, it makes a long day, doesn't it? It does. We've been doing rehearsals Monday through Thursday, 6.30 to, should be 8.30, but last (laughs) night it was 9.30. It was 9.30. (laughs) And uh, I am tired. Yes. We're going to keep it a little short today. (laughs) It may be be shorter today, yes, because... uh, I don't know about you, but I want a couple of days off. Yeah, me too. <laughs> and uh, so we're actually recording this on the Thursday. Uh, you're probably listening to this on Sunday or uh, in Monday. If you're in England, you're probably not going anywhere because you're probably covered in snow. Again? Uh, well, they've got six inches there right now, and uh, they're probably going to have some more uh, tonight. So if you're listening to this uh, on Sunday... You may be covered. I know my friend uh, Neil in, uh, I think he lives near Liverpool, right? So north of England. Um, He stuck the tape measure in the snow this morning and uh, (laughs) it's over six inches he's got there. Um, My friend in Scotland in Edinburgh doesn't seem to have any yet, but um, uh, I think it's on its way. So, Oh, goodness. Yes, that beast from the east, it has arrived yeah, last week I was uh, uh, somewhat depressed, if you remember, because uh, my team Liverpool got a battering from uh, Real Madrid. Um, <laughs> having started off uh, leading 2-0, they lost 5-2, and I don't know. You know, it was one of those days when I thought I was never going to watch football again. <laughs> and um, But then uh, this weekend, I don't know if you heard, they they played their arch rivals, Manchester Manchester United. Okay. And beat them 7-0. Oh, ah. (laughs) I don't know where it came from, you know. It was like 1-0 at halftime and then they came out for the second half and scored immediately and then scored another one. And it turned into a party of sorts, really. Oh, they got Uh, stomped. Yeah, they really did. Oh, jeez. And they acted like petulant children as well, which wasn't very good to see. Oh. Uh, yeah. Oops. The captain even um, looked like he slapped one of the referees on the back as well, which I don't know. He, he probably says he, like, patted him or, like, but you could tell he was really frustrated. Um, oh, no. And he basically, I think that was uh, around about this the sixth goal when that went in, he, he kind of gave up. Someone ran by him and he just didn't bother running after him. So he's just like, whatever. So yes, for the last few days, I've been watching that game over and over and over and over and over again and listening to all the different podcasts that there are. 
that come out of Liverpool with different analyses of the game. <laughs> it's it's been a lot a lot better week in that respect. So, but you know they're playing Bournemouth on this weekend, who are uh, down at the bottom of the division, and who knows they'll probably lose like ten nil. <laughs> you know, Ooh. it's been one of those seasons for them where they have these amazing games and then they lose everything else so just we'll, tank it <laughs> we'll see we'll see yeah keep me updated on that i like to know it's almost like drama yeah like, who did what now <laughs> tell me anyway i kind of mentioned that because i do have a thought for the day and it's based on one of their best players uh, a guy who's been there since 2017 uh, called mohammed salah you may have heard of him i think he's one of the best uh, strikers in uh, in the world really um anyway he um he scored two goals that that on that game uh 128th and 129th goal in the premier league for liverpool so surpassing the record held by one robbie fowler aka god uh in liverpool <laughs> <laughs> um and and he did it he did it in 61 games fewer than robbie did so he's uh He's well on track to becoming one of the top scorers um, for Liverpool, although he probably won't surpass, like, the top, top. I think he's in the top five now. Uh, obviously, you had people like Ian Rush, who scored, like, 346, I think it was, in his time there. But Oh, goodness. Yeah, um, that was pretty amazing. Anyway, uh, more on that later. Uh, also, we're going to have some local news from uh, Missouri or uh, West Plains, Missouri, and some from Gloucestershire, uh, Forest of Dean and surrounding areas. Uh, but before we do that, you've got some bottles here of some drink that I have never heard of called uh, <laughs> kombucha. Is that right? Kombucha. Kombucha. Yes, okay. I have some kombucha for you to try today. Now, you said it was tea, right? But it doesn't look like tea. Nope. Okay. <laughs> okay, so um, kombucha, and again, I'm going to go ahead and apologize if I sound really weird. My nose is stuffed. My sinuses are stuffed. I'm not even sick, but everything's angry. So if I sound stuffy and weird, you know why. Okay. <sighs> so kombucha is fermented tea. All right. Oh. This short answer. It's fermented fer tea. Fermented okay. tea. All right. It's slightly sweetened, and they usually use black tea. Okay. And depending on the uh, strain that of SCOBY that you get, you can get different uh, intensities of tanginess, sweetness, vinegar, or acidity. Okay. Yes, right. there's so much that goes along with that. Mm. Now... Quick little thing, this stuff likely or originated in China, uh -huh. but, you know, everyone's going to argue about that, and there's discrepancies, but... Who cares? It, yeah, who cares? But it's likely originated, it likely originated in China. Now, kombucha can be purchased from a store, which is what I have here today. I have three of them. Mm -hmm. uh, I got mine from Walmart, but you can get them from health food stores. You can get smaller companies. All that kind of good stuff. Yeah. Now, kombucha can also be made at home. Mm. Yes. I do have yeah. a friend who has successfully made kombucha, and hers is very good. And she lived to tell the tale? Yes, she did. Good. <laughs> and I'll get to that. Mm -hmm. So, 
how it's produced, a little science for you guys, it's produced by symbiotic fermentation, which is a fancy way of saying that sugar, yeast, and tea fermenting all together, they don't kill each other. They just create a new type of uh, reaction, and that reaction results in something called SCOBY. Ah. Yes. And uh, SCOBY, I believe, stands for symbiotic bacterial yeast or something like that. Oh, okay. I didn't write it down. <laughs> I read it, didn't write it down. You know, SCOBY. Just, just as an aside, we used to have a guy uh, who came to help her, my dad on the farm, and his nickname was SCOBY. SCOBY. Yeah, but apparently, um, <laughs> now he was really good at breaking in horses. And apparently, I think his nickname is comes from a, a, a jockey over there who was called Scooby. So, huh? I can't even rem- remember his real name right now. But uh, anyway, I'll have to look it up. Just a little aside. Yeah, fun. Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> maybe his name's Scooby. Nickname, yeah. Yes. Now, let's see. Uh, once Scooby uh, has formed what is often called the mother. It's this weird little thing that grows on the top of it. It's similar to the mother that forms for vinegar. Okay. Yeah. So once it's formed the mother, it is actually producing a super mild alcohol content. Uh. Less than 0.5%. Oh. Yeah, I know, right? Um, But because it's so low, it's not even federally regulated. Nice. So it's no biggie. No government. No. No feds. (laughs) But... You're very unlikely to get drunk off of it. I don't think you can survive drinking that much. Now, I mentioned before that you can make kombucha at home. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to have to put a little red flag right here. Use caution when making kombucha at home. Okay. Because a lot of people want to consider it a miracle drink and drink tons of it. You don't want to do that because it is a very strong drink. It has a lot of acidity. Uh-huh. And people with pre-existing conditions have hurt themselves drinking it. Oh. It's very strong. Okay. So the recommended amount per day for a healthy adult is 16 ounces. Okay. So you can have eight ounces in the morning, eight ounces in the evening. Okay. I mean, if you're a healthy adult, it... Drinking a bottle of it's probably not going to hurt you, but... And how much for an unhealthy adult? You probably shouldn't drink it. Oh, okay. If you have pre-existing conditions and it's something that the uh, contents in kombucha have, it, it might have issues, especially with the digestive system. Oh. So if you have uh, a problem with stomach ulcers... Oh, okay. Yeah, you probably don't want to drink kombucha. Right, right. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Now, there's four different types of SCOBY, as I mentioned. The one that I have not heard of until a little while ago is the Sanibel Island SCOBY strain. Mm-hmm. It was developed in Florida. Okay. Yeah. And the thing about this one, it has a natural uh, fruity vinegar flavor, oddly enough. And... It's a very slow developing strain because most of the time kombucha takes 10 to 14 days to be done. This one takes longer. Okay. So very slow uh, SCOBY. There's also the Tibetan SCOBY. Well, the name, it comes from Tibet. Its strain has a much milder flavor. 
right. then you have vintage and heirloom SCOBY. Mm-hmm. Now, on, on my reading, it doesn't look like there's a huge difference between them. But what I can discern is that vintage SCOBY is not grown from a bottle. It means that you got some of it from someone else. Okay. That's the vintage SCOBY is the the source. Mm-hmm. And heirloom SCOBY is Basically, the babies from that vintage SCOBY. Okay. Yeah, so right, it right. makes it an heirloom because it can continue onward. This sounds like uh, that sourdough from San Francisco. Oh, yeah, the, what is it called? Friendship bread? Yeah. Yes. Okay, so like anyway. I said, it takes about 10 to 14 days to finish. Not yeah. a very long fermentation. Mm-hmm. And once it's bottled... You need to chill it for a few more days. What it does is allow the really strong flavors to settle out a little bit and reach its peak flavor. Okay. Yes. And part of the process of making kombucha, it's all in the SCOBY. And like making beer or wine or any other type of fermented beverage, it has to have oxygen, but it has to be covered up. Now, you don't need a... The, the little water valves. Mm-hmm. It just needs a loose cloth over the top of it so it can breathe. Okay. Yeah. And never, ever use metal or ceramic to ferment your uh, kombucha. Okay. The reason being is that the acidity in kombucha when it's fermenting can leach toxins out of metal and ceramic, and this will poison you. Ah. So don't use them. Only use glass. That's why all these bottles are glass. Right, right. Very, very important. Now, temperature also plays an important thing. Uh, If it's too warm, you're probably going to cause mold. Uh If it's too cold, you'll probably cause mold. Right. So you got to keep it anywhere between 18 to 26 degrees Celsius. They do not want to discuss it in Fahrenheit, so I'm not converting it. Okay. They want 18 to 26. Right. That's what, the, that's what it wants. Yeah. And so about 66 to 78, I think that is. Yes. Mm-hmm. That sounds right. That sounds about right. Okay. And I mentioned the acid levels regarding the metal and ceramic. Too high or too low acid can... Uh, adversely affect the flavor. It can also make it too dangerous to drink. Of course. So you got to be, this is why I'm saying you got to have that red flag. You got to be careful making this stuff Uh. because kombucha can have a pH level between 2.5 and 4.2. Wow. You know, not far from stomach acid. Right. It's very strong. Golly. Yes. I'm not sure I want to drink this stuff. No, this is the commercial. This isn't somebody's okay. podunk kitchen. These are commercial. Okay. Commercially right. controlled. These are okay. Okay. If some, if somebody just came in like, hey, I made kombucha and they slam a giant jar down, I would be like, hmm, where's me some litmus tests? We'll see what kind of acidity we got going on here. Mm. So there's a lot of risks to making it at home if you're not careful. Okay. So... That's why I say, if you have health conditions, you need to talk to a doctor before you start drinking a lot of this or at all. The benefits, though, for healthy people, there are tons, and I mean tons, of good bacteria and probiotics in it. I see. Lots of them. I see. As this bottle uh, is touting over here, 9 billion living probiotics. 
They're not dead. They're alive. Wow. And it's all the stuff that helps your gut. Yeah, yeah. And of the stuff that kombucha can aid in is indigestion. If you have constipation, it's loaded with antioxidants, B vitamins, and it does have trace amounts of minerals that the body needs. So Mm. it can be a health boon for those of us who are healthy. I see. Which one would you like to try? Um. <laughs> Let's see. Oh, gosh. That uh, one's called Trillion, is that? Trilogy. This one oh, is called Trilogy. Trilogy. Okay. And I'm not getting paid to talk about these brands, so I'm just saying this because I know these flavors are good and I like the glass bottle. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one is Synergy. Yeah. This is raw kombucha. Okay. So... This well, has... Why don't we try all three? Yeah, why not? Okay. This one has a black tea, green tea, kiwi juice, raspberry juice, lemon juice, and ginger juice. Mm. Yes, and it's going to make a nice... Well, it should anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Please don't explode. <laughs> Do they? If you... Sh- oh, yeah, never shake them. <laughs> really? Never shake them. Oh. If you go to open them, they'll go... Oh. Everywhere. Okay. I learned that the hard way. Wow. <laughs> my car smelled bad. It has a nice little vinegar smell. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it, it smells like vinegar. <laughs> now don't take a big swig. Take a little swig. <laughs> I haven't even. <laughs> All right. Here goes. <laughs> Your face. It is quite vinegary. I mean, it's fizzy and vinegary. Golly, it's tart. Mm -hmm. Very tart. It's almost like uh, tart, like gooseberries and raspberries. But you want to know something weird? I took a good sip of one of these one time, and I found myself hours later craving it. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Like, it's it's something about the, the stuff in kombucha that your body really likes if it's missing something. Yeah. Like, you'll just sit there and be thinking, I want more of the vinegar juice. <laughs> and you'll just go get it. Now, this one, I've not had this one, so it's a surprise. Okay, don't you dare. This one is gingerberry. Okay. Ginger seems to be the popular flavor. Oh, I'm going to hate this one. <laughs> yep, that tastes like ginger and blueberries. Oh, my goodness. I kind of like it. Hang on. Mm. I'm going to have to drink it with while holding my nose. It's fizzy. It's very fizzy. This stuff is naturally carbonated. Okay, it, this one is better, actually. You like the gingerberry? As long as I don't smell it, <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, seriously, I've got a bit of a... Uh, I, my nose sor- don't work. <laughs> yeah. I think that's helping. I think after I get over this sinus infection, though, uh, I'm not sure if I'm going to like it. Just drink it with a straw so you don't get too close to it. Mm. Actually, that's not a bad idea. You like the ginger one? No, but I mean to use a straw. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because it, it tastes good. It doesn't smell good. No, no. That's so strange. It is, isn't it? It better be doing me some good. <laughs> That's all. Well, yeah. Some people swear by this stuff. Now, I don't. I'm sure they do. I don't believe it to be I, like you know a miracle cure thing, but 
Yeah. I'm sure it does something because fermented stuff is good for the body. Now, this one, this brand is different. I've never had this brand. Okay. So this is a surprise for me and you. It's, uh, this one has caffeine in it. Oh, Uh no. (laughs) Oh, I'm kind of scared. All right, here we go. I do like the bottle on this one better. I like the brown glass. All right, this one. Uh, all right, this one is pineapple peach. Oh, oh, I like that. That's good. Mm. Yeah, it smells better. That tastes a lot better. Oh, that's much better. Yeah, that one's good. That's a better brand. What brand is that? Kavita. Mm. Yeah. Okay, Kavita. Out Pine- of these three, pineapple you win. peach. Yeah, very good. Yeah. Now you see, I could have been mean and got the watermelon one, and that one tastes like potato salad. Oh no! <laughs> it's awful. Oh my goodness! It's the it smells amazing, and then you go to drink it, and you you just think potato salad. Oh golly! It I, is awful. I, I like potato salad, but not to drink. <laughs> Fizzy potato salad. Oh my goodness! <laughs> well, thank you for introducing me to these uh, or this amazing drink i i'd never heard of it until you mentioned it last week mm-hmm. yeah i mean it's a nice little supplement kind of thing and mm. most of them come in uh 15 ounce ranges right so you know you would probably drink maybe a third of it or half of it and you're good yeah so it's a drink that can last you a couple days yeah yeah that's do you ever mix it with anything I've never mixed it with anything. I mean, because like when I drink orange juice, for example, I like to put in like um, maybe a third orange juice in my glass and then the rest water. Because mm-hmm. I find orange juice is, is kind of too thick uh, for me. I don't know. You know, I mean, like, and also I know that, you know, I don't need like a whole glass worth of orange juice, you know, mm-hmm. in terms of sugar. So I like watering it down and. Um, yeah. So I mean, I don't see any problem with mixing it with anything. Yeah. You just can't leave what you mixed it with because it does have those uh, cultures in it. Right. So it's something you drink then yeah. it's going to start growing. Right, right. Unless you put alcohol in it. Yeah, right? that'll kill it. Yeah. That will kill it. That will kill it. Very dead. But that will then defeat the purpose of having the live... Uh, probiotics, Probiotics, yeah. right, yeah. So... Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I wouldn't. You know, that would probably be pretty good mixed with some juice, especially the uh, the pineapple peach one. Yeah, yeah, that one's very nice. Cool. Well, thank you. You're welcome. It's a nice little treat. Yes. Now I have so much of it to drink. <laughs> okay. Well, over in the UK, uh, some local news to Gloucestershire. Um, have you ever heard of Elvers? Elvers. Yeah, Elvers. No. They are baby eels. Baby eels? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And obviously, you know, the river, the um, Forest of Dean is bordered by the River Severn and the River Wye. So you get a lot of eels in it. And the tastiest eels are the, the younger ones, right? And uh, apparently really good if uh, fried with bacon. Oh. Uh, but then again, what isn't good fried with bacon? I mean, right? that is a good point. I mean, bacon's good in chocolate and donuts and pancakes. But anyway, back in the day, I mean, they were very, very plentiful and there weren't very many people fishing them. 
And in fact, you can catch them pretty easy if you if you find the right place, because um, they kind of swarm together, right? Um, and so it, along the banks of the River Severn, it used to be a huge tradition to go elver fishing. And, you know, it's kind of like a man and boy type of tradition, you know, like whenever they come out, which I guess is around about this time of year, and go down to the river and then come back and cook them for breakfast, right? Um, now, because we've had it, you know, because the rivers have been overfished over the last 30 years, really, uh, the populations are down, so there's a lot of restrictions on fishing anything out of those two rivers. Um, for example, there's salmon in the there's salmon in the River Severn, you know, that actually makes its journey all the way over to the Gulf of Mexico and then comes back to, oh, to wow. spawn. Uh, and people catch those in uh, types of uh, wire baskets. Anyway, I'm getting off the point. There's a, a really nice fishery that was built. I don't know, maybe about 15, 20 years ago, uh, by a gentleman called Richard Cook, uh, not far from Lydney, up the village in Westbury, where um, that I mentioned before. And anyway, he's trying to uh, now introduce uh, elvers and, and bring them back onto the menu, I guess, right? Okay. Trying to make them. So uh, recently, you know, his fishery was featured on one of their national cookery programs, um it's, it's funny it's, it's called the hairy bikers so it's these two biker dudes you know that go around sampling different foods around the country we're eclectic yeah anyway so that was nice um because i know my uh my my sister you know when she ran the pub she loved getting different fish from the fishery up there so that's really nice to see that he got some uh the spotlight was on him in this show. So That's awesome. I like yeah. it when people do that. Yeah. There's a lot of building going on, new projects over there in Gloucestershire, uh, certainly in the Bristol area. One of the things that caught my eye, there used to be a huge garden center uh, called B&Q to the north of Bristol. Now they're um, converting or using, uh, rebuilding on that space for some student accommodation. Uh, so it should have around about 329 bedrooms. Uh, they didn't say if they were one-person or two-person bedrooms. Typically, they're two-person bedrooms uh, for students. But anyway, that's good to see that uh, there's that redevelopment going on. Um, there's also in Malmesbury, just north of Bristol, uh, they are having 130 new homes that are being scheduled to be built there. And uh, as you know, you know, I, I, I like these things uh, when we start investing in building new houses. Obviously, there's a shortage and uh, increasing the, the supply of places to live is should, in theory, bring the house prices down a little bit um, and get people out of renting and getting them into homeownership. So, OK, cool. That's all uh, good news. In uh, another little uh, item, um, I know I've mentioned uh, public walkways or public rights of way before, all the different uh, pathways that you can walk up and down the country. Uh, now, the River Wye is a freshwater river, and there is a walkway that goes along its length, which is 136 miles long. Ooh. Um, and it's probably has about 20,000 uh, walkers per year that go up and down it. 
um, in different places. Not everyone does the whole thing, obviously, but um, <laughs> it's an interesting story. There's this beautiful footbridge uh, down next to the village of Lidbrook, and it crosses over the River Wye into a place called Welsh Bicknor, and it's just a footbridge. Uh, and it's one of those places where, I don't know, they're, they're quite romantic footbridges, I think, you know, because there's no cars. It's, it's just a nice, quiet bridge. Um, and unfortunately, some admin error years and years ago meant that on the Gloucestershire side, they didn't register it as being a public footpath or a public right-of-way, um, which if they do register it, um, then it gets looked after by the National Trust. You know, it, it gets funding and repairs and upkeep and maintenance. So there's a couple of people who are getting close to getting uh, the authorities to now recognize this as a public right-of-way. And obviously, it's part of this 136-mile walkway, so it needs to be included. Um, but it'll also mean that uh, the bridge will get like I said, repairs and maintenance and uh, and be preserved, you know, for awesome. generations to come. So uh, if you're ever in that area, it's a beautiful walk down there. That so. sounds cool. Mm -hmm. I had mentioned a while back about the uh, bird sanctuary and wetlands called Slimbridge. Yeah. Yeah, you remember that? Yes. Um, there's another, well... This coincides with a different story that we mentioned last week, because uh, <laughs> they're building a new toilet there. Yay! <laughs> I just thought it was funny because <laughs> there's this obviously this is obsession with public toilets <laughs> in the news right now. But anyway, they're building a bigger and better. I mean, they've actually completed it. It's a bigger and better one, you know, and it's got uh, wheelchair access. It's got uh, changing tables, you know. <laughs> It, it looks very snazzy. But uh, they mentioned in the article that something like half a million people visit these, the Slimbridge area um, every year, which I thought was incredible. You know, I went 30 years ago, you know, as a kid. Yeah. And there was hardly anyone there and there wasn't a facility. So um, that'd be interesting. If I, if I ever do go back to England, I think I might, I might definitely have to go and uh, check it out. Check out the new toilet. <laughs> well, not the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I <laughs> wasn't really the focus of the story. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm sorry, I was dying. <clears throat> yes. Excuse me. That's right. I'm going to fly to England to just to use the toilet at Slimbridge. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Ooh, okay. Okay, calm. Calmness. Okay, so you remember last week I talked about the guy that built the man cave, like the million-dollar man cave, but he didn't get planning permission? Yeah, and he sold so, it some dudes to some Mexican dude. <laughs> right, right. Well, anyway... Um, uh, not a related story, but um, there's a, there's an artist down near Chepstow, actually in Sedbury, um, called Toby Garrett. And he likes uh, building sculptures. And I think he's well known, apparently, because you know how uh, underpasses underneath, like, um, underneath roads are often really grimy and yes. concrete. 
Well, you know, he, he likes decorating those sorts of places, right? Okay. So anyway, um, so a lot of people like him because he, he, he does things like that. Well, in his house, he's got quite a few sculptures in his front garden, you know. Um, they looked kind of like modern sculptures. They seemed very colorful. I didn't really, there weren't any close-up pictures that I could see. But anyway, the local planning authority says, you know, he's got to have planning permission to put up these sculptures in his front garden. And uh, because he didn't get it, now he's got to take it down uh, or remove them. And so the, the the people in the village are getting together a petition. Um, so if I remember, I'll, I'll put the article, uh, I'll, I'll post a link to it so you can go along and sign it if you want to. Um, but it's just one of those things where I understand the need for planning permission. But at the same point, if you... I don't really understand why he needs planning permission to put up a sculpture in his front garden. You know, why can't the well-known <laughs> artist put a sculpture in his yard? Yeah, it seems to you know. Gosh, it's this fine balance between you know bureaucracy and freedom again, right? Which uh, I know it's something that you're into. Bully them! <laughs> yeah, so. Come on, townspeople over there, bully them! Yeah, so I thought I'd mention it so we can get a few more signatures. In support of his beautiful sculptures. Over in Bristol, they are also going to build a new marina. Uh, so there'll be moorings for 30 boats. But they're also building some uh, wildlife habitats along the shoreline as well, which I thought was really nice. That's awesome. So, um, again, it's one of those projects where, you know, you build anything in England, I think, and you're going to get some group of people that object to it in some way. Um but I think they're being smart by saying, all right, we want to build these, uh, you know, boat moorings, jetties, whatever you call them, pontoons. But um, we're also going to set aside some area for wildlife. Um, I think that's a pretty smart move. Yeah. So, um, the last thing that I want to mention is up in a place called Hartbury, which is just north of Gloucester, they are proposing a new solar farm up there. I get this. This is going to be 168, 160 acres solar farm. Like, I think I mentioned to you, right, that we have a company that rents out one of my dad's fields. It's like a 40-acre field, and they, they, they put solar panels on it. I mean, 160, 160 acres, that's going to produce almost 50 megawatts, right, which is basically 50 uh, million watts. Uh, it's enough to power around about 14,000 homes. Uh, it sounds enormous. So That's, it, uh, it's very, very impressive if they do go lot. through with it. Yeah. yeah. So, But I think it's the way of the future. You know, I, I definitely applaud it. Um, I'm all about the solar. And, um, oh, you like minis, don't you? Mini Coopers? Mini! I found out my friend uh, in Liverpool, Neil, um, he's got an electric mini. Ooh, I'm mad jealous. I know. I mad know. jealous. I, know. I want him to send me a picture of it. Send oh. me the car. <laughs> <laughs> you can keep the picture. I'll just take the car. Right. <laughs> Speaking of minis, did you, have you seen the one that's driving around town that has the, it's black and it has black tinted windows? You know, it, I, on every window is it is tinted, ooh. even in even the front one. Oh, no, I haven't seen that. Yeah. They're going to get in trouble. I know. <laughs> it looks like it. <laughs> I drive by and they're pulled over and make, ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. 
Yeah. Um, apart from that, uh, the only other news item that I thought was interesting in in the slightest was that they were talking about how phone theft is down in Gloucester, uh, but oh. it's still a problem nationwide, apparently. Um, and I just don't know who who is stealing phones. Maybe I'm ignorant, right? But I thought everyone had like face ID or some, you know, fingerprint ID on their phones now. Like who, who bothers stealing the phone? I guess they can hack them, can they? Is that what they do? I guess they sell them to third-party vendors and yeah. they reset the phone or something like that. And yeah. I don't know. It just doesn't seem feasible to steal a phone anymore. I mean, if you remember, a few years ago, the FBI was having trouble breaking into an iPhone. Do you remember that? Oh, I know why they didn't get into it, though. Well, I think they did in the end, but um, I know that they were asking Apple if they could help them, and Apple said no. Yeah, in their user agreements, they basically promised not to give your information to anyone. Yeah. And so the feds were like, give us the information on the phone. And Apple's like, nah, man. They ain't happening. You do it. Do they talk like that, Apple? Really? I wish they did. I wish companies would talk to the feds. I'd be like, nah, bro. I'm not giving my, my customers information. <laughs> I, I would I, buy their products if they did. I thought they I thought they spoke in an Irish accent. Do they? Well, oh, oh, my. You're making you're, fun of my Siri. Your Siri does. <laughs> Doesn't he or yeah. she? My Siri's a boy and your he's Siri, Irish. Yeah. <laughs> Which cracks people up. <laughs> but it's also a double joke because I don't they have their um, headquarters like based in Ireland for tax reasons or something? There's a lot of companies that base their company, you know, they'll like have some tiny little office and they call that their head office. And can, can I do something real quick? You're going to... Hey, Siri, where is Apple's headquarters located? Oh, you're not going to say it this time, are you? Are you shy? <laughs> Apple Park corporate headquarters. Oh my! Where is that? California? Uh, probably. Let's see. Yeah, California. <laughs> yeah. Well, that may be, okay, even. but that may be the headquarters. But all I'm saying is they probably got some office in Ireland, like a lot of companies do, for tax reasons. I can't believe Siri didn't want to talk. He always wants to talk. Well, it, he's like a cat, isn't he? Um, it's like trying. If he knows he's being recorded, he doesn't cooperate. Or, you, you know, listening? have you ever tried to take a photo of a cat? They, they don't like it. And they will, <laughs> as soon as you get your phone out to try and take a photo, if they notice you with the camera, they will change position and stop, stop being cute. <laughs> they not will. That? Well, a little bit, though, is my ham. Yeah. She will just keep posing. Oh. She's okay. a ham. Must be my cats. Maybe. 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 All right. Is anything going on in West Plains? Other than um, our opening day is on the 17th. Yes, I know. Showtime. Paddy's Day. Oh, the Civic Center, I forgot, is 30 years old. It is, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So happy birthday to the Civic Center. I didn't say any birthday cake, though, did you? No, I didn't. No. Oh. So... <laughs> And we also missed the um, Home and Garden show. We uh, did. I mean, we mentioned it, and we then we did. failed to go. We did. So it was last Friday. We were failures. I'm sorry. It, it looked pretty good, actually, from what I saw. I, oh, I feel bad. I wanted to go to that. I know. 
So, yeah, like I said, not a lot going on in West Plains. Uh, you know, the weather's been pretty good. We may get a little dusting of snow next week, possibly, but uh, that forecast keeps changing as well. I don't now, accept it. <laughs> our director, uh, he works for the local newspaper, doesn't he? The yes. um, West Plains Daily Quill. Yep. And he used to, there used to be a reporter there called Terry Hampton, and uh, she... I don't know. I've met her several times. In fact, uh, she she ran for um, she ran for office uh, a while back, and she wanted me to be her campaign manager. But then she found out that you can't have a foreigner on a political campaign, so oh no, I wasn't able to do that. Anyway, she now works for the Ozark Radio News, one of the local radio stations, and she does a report every week on. Uh, things in the arts that are going on. So, you know, she starts out by mentioning the Civic Center, 30th birthday, and uh, it's actually on Thursday, uh, between 4 and 6, there's going to be uh, some kind of party at the Civic Center. Doesn't give me many more details than that, but um, they also mentioned that on Friday, between 11 and 12, there will be a book signing from the author of Bill Verdon, A Life in Baseball. Oh. Um, which sounds interesting, right? Because one of our streets is called uh, Verdon Way, isn't it? Or, yeah, Bill Verdon. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we've got a few streets in West Plains that are named after either favorite, uh, famous actors or uh, singers. So we have a uh, we have an avenue called Porter Wagner, um, named after the musician, and um, trying to think of the other one that we have. <laughs> Jan Howard Parkway. Jan Howard Parkway. Yeah, we go. Yeah. A lot of our news reports are not positive, and you know what? I'd rather not, you know, bring people down. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we 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 don't really cover all the um, all the terrible news. Like it's it's so, a lot of wrecks right yeah, now. Yeah. Was it the daylight savings thing is popping up again where we spring forward an hour? Oh, no. Yeah, that. I wish we didn't have that. I know. I want it to go away. Yeah. Nobody likes it. Nobody wants it. Yeah. They, they almost uh, abolished it last year. Do you remember? Oh, I thought they were um, actually going to get rid of it. Yeah. I think it got, I think it got passed by the House of Rep, uh, Representatives, but it didn't get through the Senate, if <sighs> I remember right. Or, no, it was tagged on to one of those big bills that the Democrats like doing. Um, and because it was such a huge bill, that it didn't get through, I think, if I remember rightly. So it was, I don't know why they don't do these little bills separately. You why know? don't they do them separately? That's yeah. so stupid. Yeah. Do you, do you know stupid. a lot of people die um, during the change back? Uh, you know, so when you lose an hour, oh, it's this. So in spring, we spring forward, we lose yeah. an hour. A lot of people, because they don't get enough sleep, they, um, they suffer from heart attacks. Um, so, Conspiracy you know, theory. <laughs> no, this is true. Uh, no, I'm talking about like them not passing it on purpose. Oh. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Right. Well, um, I guess that's about it from West Plains. Um, like I said, great place to raise a family because nothing ever happens here. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> make make it happen here. I mean, you got to watch out for them crazy people, though, that make podcasts. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> 
Now, uh, quick thought for the day. Like I said, uh, my favorite team, Liverpool, they have this amazing striker from Egypt called Mohamed Salah, um, also known as the Egyptian King by his supporters. And the reason I wanted to mention it is because I was listening to one of the podcasts, right, where they're talking about the incredible game where they beat Manchester United 7-0 on Sunday. And because he's such a great player, every opponent, you know, whenever he's close to the goal and he's on the ball, there'll be at least two defenders, if not three or four, surrounding him, right, trying to stop him because he, he is that good. And often, you know, he gets fouled, you know, so he's, he's trying to run by someone and people will tug on his shirt or pull his shoulder. And he's such a good player. He doesn't do what a lot of players do, which is if they get a slightest touch on their shoulder, they will fall over and try to get a free kick, right? And, you know, we call that diving, right? Where you're, <laughs> you're not, you know, you haven't really been touched. You're just trying to... Um, get a free kick for nothing, right? And, and in fact, you can get uh, penalized for that. You can get a yellow card for faking, uh, for diving. Okay, good. I didn't um, know if they did anything about that. Yeah, yeah. So if it's obvious, you know, um, you can get yellow cards for it. Um, but interestingly, he's such a skillful player that he likes to try and stay on his feet. And a lot of times, you know, he'll be struggling, people will be pulling on shirts, and he'll still manage to get by them and score, right? So... Um, you know, in some ways I admire his, his attitude towards the game. And even if decisions don't go his way, or if he, if he shoots and, and misses, um, you know, cause he doesn't score every time. Um, he just smiles and laughs it off and he has an incredible attitude. And one of the commentators on this podcast I was listening to said, you know, I wish he would like fall over a bit more, um, and get a free <laughs> kick, you know, because, <laughs> Um, often he doesn't get the free kick when he should do because he doesn't fall over. You know, he can have two or three people pulling on his shirt. He doesn't fall over because he wants to try and score. And, um, and the referee seems to let it go because it doesn't look as dramatic, you know, because he's not falling over, right? I got you. Okay. So what I recognize about him is that he's enlightened. Right. He, you know, you know how, how I've, I'm often talking about enlightenment, uh, the, you know, the art of Zen, uh, the kingdom of heaven, that kind of way of living where nothing phases you. Right. Kind of going back to the if poem, you know, no, you know, you can walk with kings, but keep this common touch. You know, you can lose everything and build it back up again. Um, nothing phases them so like an example would be right there was a zen master who you know he thought he had discovered enlightenment he thought he had become enlightened right and he was invited to the palace uh, to meet the king and when he met the king he shook his hand and he noticed that his palm was sweaty and then therefore he realized that he wasn't enlightened yet so he went back to the monastery for like five years and sat in silence until until he could meet someone famous and not feel nervous anymore nice right because enlightenment is right recognizing that you are equal to every other living object right so you shouldn't feel 
inferior or superior to anyone. You should feel equal. Yes. And because of the sweaty palm, he knew he realized that, you know, he hadn't quite got it yet. That's awesome. Now, um, another uh, teacher, in fact, the teacher who first like created the school of Zen, what he did was he had his students and he, he stood in front of them in silence for probably ages, um, just holding a flower and smiling. And eventually one of the students started smiling back, right? They realized what he was doing. The lesson was pure realization, right? Because when I talk about Zen or enlightenment uh, or the kingdom of heaven, you can describe it in words, but really it's about being, right? It, it goes beyond words. And I think when I look at the way that a professional footballer like Muhammad Salah, the way that he handles himself, he's, I know that he's already tapped into this thing, right? He's already tapped into the way. And, and probably the way is, it's probably the easiest thing to describe it is, as is the way, right? It's a way of being, like I said, where, where nothing phases you, you know, and you can be completely Zen and focused about it. Now, for example, he was interviewed after the match and they said, uh, Oh, you're going to, you know, go and celebrate. I mean, he scored twice. He assisted two goals, you know, it was a historic uh, victory. Um, he said, no, I'm going to go back to my family, drink some chamomile tea and get a good night's sleep. There you go. You know, like you just go. a consummate professional. And um, I mean, the other thing is, in his, like I said, he'd been playing for Liverpool since the beginning of 2017. So five going on six years, right? He's only ever been booked six times. He's only ever committed five, uh, six, six, six yellow cards, right? Oh. Six uh, fouls, if you like. Mm hmm. And most of them have been for taking a shirt off when he's celebrating a goal. <laughs> <laughs> it's not because he's, you know, like brought anyone down or, you know, uh, fouled any other player. It's just, <laughs> just for that. It's just like, wee, I did it. <laughs> no, that's a foul. So, I don't know. I take my hat off to him and I hope he goes on to uh, break even more records at Liverpool. Awesome. And if you're looking for an example of someone who is Zen, I would say either look at Bruce Lee or look at Muhammad Salah. Um, All right. Two fine examples of outstanding individuals who have managed to tap into this thing that, like I said, some people call Zen. That's awesome. Yeah. I think we better get out of here. Uh, we're running late for rehearsal. Uh, ooh, yeah. Ooh, yeah. So um, have a great week, everyone. Y'all have a good one. I'll see you. You've been listening to One Bloke Went to Moe.